Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Clowater from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. A Gospel reading from the 19th chapter of John. Meanwhile, standing near the cross of Jesus, where his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. Then he said to his disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. The Gospel of the Lord. We have a special guest today with us preaching, uh, Casey Stanley, CEO of The Real Hope Project. What is The Real Hope Project? Well, here we go. In the ancient world, there were children on the hills. Children who could not be cared for by their families, whether because of financial burden, sickness, or disability, or simply because she was a girl at a time when girls were not valued. Families had the option of taking their child to the hills. And when they got to the hillside, they would lay their child on the ground and walk away, knowing and intending that within minutes, hours, or days, this child would be a victim of the elements. There were children on the hills. This was not a rarity. This was not a scandal. In the ancient world, this was common, accepted, and expected. And then came Jesus. The church began sending search parties to head for the hills. These search parties would sweep through the hillside, looking for children who had been left behind. When they found one, they would bring them home and adopt them into their new family. kids in the foster care system. One in four cannot go home. That means there are 100,000 kids on the hillside. 100,000 kids are waiting for someone to come for them. 100,000 kids are waiting for a search party. We are that search party. It's time again. A movement is rising. There are children on the hills. Head for the hills. Well, good morning. 
Like Pastor John said, my name is Casey Stanley. I'm the founder and director of The Real Hope Project. It is such a gift and an honor to be with you all this morning. Thank you so much to Pastor John and the team here at Faith for giving us some time to share. Uh, by way of introduction, uh, this is my family. Uh, we're the Stanleys. We call ourselves the Stan Clan. Uh, so this bearded stud on the right is my husband, Pete. You can call him Petey Pie if you ever meet him. On the left is our son, Martez. We call him Tez. Tez is just about to be 16. Uh, we adopted Tez just a couple of years ago after, out of foster care, and he is the coolest kid in the world. And this little teeny one is our daughter, Tyka Friday Stanley. I call her my girl Friday. I don't know if you guys have heard of her, but uh, we actually just got it confirmed that she is the cutest, most beautiful, perfect baby that's ever existed, besides Sophia, obviously. <laughs> um, so that is, that's our family. And the Real Hope Project really came from our own family experience. Before Pete and I had kids, when we would tell people that we wanted to adopt someday, almost always the reaction we would get would be like, oh, that's so great. Do it. Adoption, how wonderful. And we love that. Beautiful reaction. But we found that if we were to add three magic words to the end of that statement, we would sometimes get a pretty different reaction. And those three magic words are from foster care. When we would tell people that we wanted to adopt kids from foster care, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes the reaction was more like, are you sure about that? Have you done your research? Have you heard the stories? Do you know what those kids are like? And obviously that reaction comes from a place of love, right? And people just want to know that we knew what we were getting into. And the truth is we have sat and we have cried with families that have gone through unthinkable pain through their foster care and adoption journeys. Unimaginable pain. And those stories are out there and they're scary. We realized walking through this a few years ago that, man, this is scary. It is scary to commit to a kid that you don't know for the rest of your life. That's scary. And we realized as we stepped into this that, yep, this is scary for us, but it's a lot less scary than what happens when kids don't get adopted out of foster care. It's estimated that up to 80% of people in our prison systems in the United States have one thing in common. They were once in foster care. 80% of women who are sex trafficked in the United States have one thing in common. They were once in foster care. 20% of kids who age out of foster care without being adopted into a family become immediately homeless the day after they turn 18. Two-thirds of the girls who age out of foster care without being adopted will be pregnant by the time they're 21, and two-thirds of those babies will end up right back in foster care. So you guys, we as the church, we as the people of God, can address so many issues that our nation is facing if kids in our communities have Jesus and family. And if kids have Jesus and family, we make a serious impact on incarceration rates, sex trafficking, homelessness, teen pregnancy, all of it. But healing for these kids begins with Jesus and family. Now hear me clearly on this. Here's what I am not saying. I am not saying that if your family loves Jesus, then you can bring a kid who's been through significant trauma into your home, and as soon as that kid walks through the door, they're just going to, like, be a little angel. Probably not. Without a miracle, probably not. 
These kids have been through more pain and loss in their short little lives than most of us in this room can probably even imagine. And they will be difficult at times. These kids will be challenging at times. But guess what, church? So are we. And God adopted us anyway. Let's not think for one second that our adoption as sons and daughters of God came without challenges. Our adoption came through blood, church. Our adoption came through sacrifice. And yet our God says we were worth it. In fact, one of the last things that Jesus did while on earth, one of the things he did with one of his very last breaths, was to facilitate an adoption, even on the cross. As we read this morning, John 19, 25 through 27 says this. Meanwhile, standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. Jesus took his mother and this disciple and made them a family right then and there on the cross with one of his final breaths. Even on the cross, Jesus was thinking about adoption. Even on the cross, Jesus was putting the lonely into families. This is central to the heart of God. This is central to the gospel of Jesus. Now, as you just heard, in the United States, there are 100,000 kids in foster care. These are the numbers in Minnesota. In Minnesota, there are 10,000 kids in foster care on an average day. 10,000 kids. When you're in foster care, that means you're in the in-between. You don't know if you're going to go home to mom and dad or if you're going to need to be adopted into another family. 10,000 kids in our state land in that bucket. For 1,000 of those kids, parental rights have been terminated. There is no going home. And these kids are wards of state or legal orphans until the family steps in to adopt them. I want to introduce you to one of those 1,000 kids right now. This is my new friend, Sabri. Some of my favorite things to do are, like, I love drawing landscapes or trying to draw animals. And I usually like, like, playing outside and, like, climbing trees. I love climbing trees. What I love about horses is how loyal they are to people. You get very connected to them and, like, they just, like, trust you but also I love their colors and their personality. When I'm with them or when I'm riding them, I feel really calm and I just feel like they trust me very well and they're just, we have like a really deep connection. What I wanna be when I grow up is either like a zookeeper so I could work with animals or a vet. Um, one of the best compliments that someone's given me was actually when I was at camp, I got told that I was a really good rider and I had really good connections with the horses there. Humans can learn a lot from horses. They can learn especially trust and loyalty because the way that horses trust you is the way you can trust other people. I love how like when you're feeling sad, they know your emotions and they just understand you a lot. What I'm most proud of is just how positive I am. My friends would probably describe me kind, really funny, generous, respectful. I am very caring. Friends are important because your friends are usually there to support you and they'll stand up for you. 
what my dream family looks like is normal. Like dogs, like house, an apartment, a trailer, I really don't care. Just people who are really kind and nice and just love me for who I am. What comes to mind when I think of adoption is someone that will actually be there for you and they will be there to support you and they will just love you no matter what happens or what you do. My name is Sabri, I'm 13 and this is my reel. <laughs>
So if you can give $5 a month, if you can give $50 a month, whatever you're able to do goes a long way in helping us to get to these kids to share more stories and to find more families. We can actually sign you up as a monthly giver at our table this morning. So if you want to stop by and do that, we have a little present that we'll give you if you stop by. So here's what I'm going to ask, right where you're sitting, it's kind of weird, um, but grab your cell phone, right where you are. If you have it with you, I know most of you have it with you, (laughs) grab your phone. And I'm just going to ask you right where you're sitting to text in one of those three words, whichever connects with you, if any of them do, adopt, upstream, or give. Just choose one. And when you do that, your phone is going to prompt you two times. It's going to ask for your name and your email address. And then all that's going to happen is later this week, you're going to get an email from us with a little bit more information about whatever word you texted in. That's it. There's not going to be like a kid on your doorstep in the morning. Just a little bit more information about whatever word you texted in. And when you do that, make sure you do respond to those prompts. Otherwise, it doesn't work. (laughs) So send in your name and your email address when your phone prompts you. Go ahead and text that in. And as you do, I'm going to close us in prayer. Father God, thank you so much that we are adopted as your sons and daughters. Um, Thank you that you are a good father. And God, I just pray for every heart in this room that you would just direct us super clearly in what it looks like for us to respond in joyful obedience. God, I just ask that nobody in this room would respond in guilt or in fear, um, but that we would only respond in joy to what you are asking us to step into. And I just pray that you would speak so clearly to our hearts, um, that each of us would just notice what your Holy Spirit is saying and, and what it looks like for us to care for the orphan and the widow in our community. We love you, God. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's it for this week's sermon. Thank you for joining us. Look for more information on faithfl.org or certainly reach out to the office if you would like to receive weekly email updates. Thank you.